1: Hi, welcome to your Hollywood Crime Scene mini episode. Hi. We have a special guest in studio today.
0: Oh. For my, a second I was like, who? <laughs> <laughs> That's how stupid I am. My bitch cat. Yeah. She's she, being a bitch today. She's being a menace today. Menace to society.
1: Yeah. yeah. And so she's sitting on my lap right now, but it's I can't predict what's going to go down within the next hour.
0: Okay. Well... Um, so this week, I thought it would be fun to go over some oldie-timey medical treatments as a companion piece to our main episode Love it. where we talked about, or we touched upon some, uh, I guess, non-medical treatment. Yeah, um, But yeah. So the first one I'm going to get to is snake oil. Now, obviously today, when you call someone a snake oil salesman or you refer to something as snake oil, that's sort of an insult. Like it means that something is fake or the doctor is a con artist or whatever. Desi, it's not sort of an
1: insult. It's literally literally an insult.
0: But back in the day, snake oil actually was a thing that was legitimate. So this was oil that was extracted from the Chinese water snake and arrived in the United States in the 1800s when the Chinese workers basically came in to build the transcontinental railroad. This oil is rich in omega-3 acids and was used to, to like treat um, inflammation and arthritis and stuff like that. You would rub it on the workers joints after they had like a long day working on the fucking railroad. Now, obviously some white man came in (laughs) and found this treatment and, That's where it sort of became the con. And that's sort of what we know, like, when we think of snake oil, we think of the guy who, like, is at the carnival, like, doing the sales pitch, like an old school, like, um, infomercial, basically. Like a
1: Harold Hill character.
0: Yeah. So this guy who kind of started it all, his name was Clark Stanley. He called himself the Rattlesnake King. He had some background as a cowboy, but who the hell knows how authentic that is. He um, basically claimed that he had studied Hopi. Is it Hopi? Hopi? Hopi medicine. He had studied with a Hopi medicine man, and that's how he learned about the healing powers of snake oil. So he basically stole it from these Chinese workers and created this whole other narrative about it. This is an American tale as old as time, (laughs) Seriously, Awful. His first, like, big infomercial act was at the Chicago World's Fair in 1893 and his part of his act was grabbing a real rattlesnake, cutting it open and squeezing some kind of shit out of the rattlesnake. Blood? Uh, Yeah, basically whatever guts came out. He labeled that snake oil um, but the FDA would later say that there was actually no kind of oil at all in whatever he put in these bottles. Um, and that didn't stop other doctors and salesmen from then taking his formula or whatever the fuck it was or making up their own. And they started also traveling around the country and peddling this snake oil. And that's sort of how the real legit treatment got this bad name. <laughs> now, the next medical treatment that I'm going to talk about... I'm sure Rachel will have some commentary on it. Is cocaine? Yay! Now, cocaine was sort of discovered around the 1880s. Scientists isolated this active ingredient that is in the coca leaf, and pharmaceutical pharmaceutical companies like basically. Loved like this inexpensive stimulant. Um, the first use for it was in 1884. Um, an ophthalmologist used it. She found that, like, a few drops of a cocaine solu- solution you could use as a topical anesthetic, and she would put it on people's um, corneas basically to keep their eye immobile during uh, surgery. Do, did you ever put cocaine on your eyeball? Is that like a thing? I have like a vague memory of that. Of you doing that? (laughs) No, 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 no. That that people would put it on their eyeball? No.
1: No, I mean, I just rubbed it on my gums like a normal person. Yeah,
0: that's what I mean. I've rubbed it on my gums before, too. So there is no eyeball thing. I don't know. I thought. Look. (laughs) Who knows? I'm
1: sure people have put it on their eyeballs before.
0: Now, obviously, it started being used for other surgeries. And then it was also a treatment for toothaches, depression, lethargy, alcoholism, and. What the hell? That was my
1: cat. Sorry. Was that
0: like a tin of Altoids? It was literally... That's like an oldie-timey medical.
1: (laughs) It was... She just knocked over a tin of Altoids and it made a little shake, rattle, and roll noise.
0: Um, The other funny thing that cocaine was used to treat was nervousness, which doesn't seem like it would help with that at all, Uh, right? Uh, Yeah, it does. For the first 30 (laughs) minutes, it
1: does. You fucking are friends with everybody.
0: Now, um... It sort of became a a popular home remedy. I sent this to our friend Alan the other day. I found an ad for Alan's cocaine tablets. That that is so hot. (laughs) I know. The minute I saw that, I was like, Alan. That is so on brand. It was even like spelled the way he spells his name. And you could purchase those for 50 cents a box at Sears and Roebuck.
1: Oh, my God. And it was
0: in the Sears and Roebuck catalog. Now... I could have been a model for that back in the day. (laughs) I would
1: have loved to have been in the Sears catalog modeling Allen's cocaine tablets.
0: This cocaine tablet was used to treat everything, like hay fever, throat troubles, as I mentioned, nervousness, headaches, sleeplessness, sleeplessness. (laughs) Yeah, that's not true. Uh, So obviously we know that Cocaine really is not great for sleep. It or eating problems. Like if it to help you to get you to eat. Like I've always, all those kind of things. I've always
1: said that the people who uh, coke bloat is not a real thing. It, you're, if you, if you have coke bloat, you're not doing enough cocaine, right? Like you're not a real cocaine addict if you get coke bloat. That's just my opinion.
0: Um, and always, and you didn't need a doctor's prescription to get this. It was just on the market. Dazzy, I didn't need a
1: doctor's <laughs> prescription to get my <laughs> cocaine either. But
0: here it was sort of pretending to be a medical thing. Right. I mean, but, uh, you know, and we all know that cocaine was an ingredient in the original Coca-Cola soft drink. Um, Now, by 1902, there was an estimated 200,000 people addicted to cocaine in the U.S. alone. And in 1914, it was finally outlawed under a narcotic act, the Harrison Narcotic Act. And that pretty much put... um, Put, put an end to legal cocaine use, but definitely not uh, like recreational, illegal cocaine use. Damn, that's, those were
1: the good old days. Yeah,
0: and then the 80s happened. Now, <laughs> I guess it was used throughout history. What's like the most coked decade? The 80s? 70s. The 70s? 70s and 80s. Yeah. That's
1: when people think of like cocaine decades. I think they think of 70s I and think, 80s. I
0: feel like 80s is more cocaine to me because that's when it went outside of like, druggies. It was, like, business people doing it, in a way. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like, it kind of went mainstream or something. Right. I don't know. I don't really know enough about it. I just think of the 80s as always being very cocaine, just because of movies, probably uh, big movies that came out then where, like, the lead was, like, a a mover and a shaker and a cocaine head. Right. (laughs) Um, Okay. So the next sort of... um, medical treatment was vibrators. Now, the vibrator basically was a catch-all cure for anything that was sort of described as hysteria. And we all know hysteria was sort of like a fucking fucked up medical diagnosis given to women who probably just had reasonable, (laughs) were upset for reasonable reasons. Probably. Anything where a woman wasn't keeping the party line of the patriarchy was probably described as hysteria. Now these hysteria was sort of things like anxiety, irritability, um, insomnia, faintness, or even a bloated stomach. So maybe it was even just getting your period that <laughs> for sounds PMS. Like, it sounds like PMS. So obviously these are symptoms that most women show at least once a month. The condition, uh, the hysteria, the name is sort of an ancient medical theory that women would get wandering wombs. Like their uterus would literally literally get like undone and start wandering in their body. This is so dumb. It's so dumb. How far can it wander? Yeah, (laughs) it's all the way by my pancreas. And that was the cause of a lot of female health issues. Now, the treatment for this wandering womb was a pelvic massage, and that would induce hysterical paroxysms which is basically an orgasm. Now, the way this um was initially treated was Victorian doctors would manually massage women in effort to get one of these. To this is
1: This is this, this this is all because the Victorians were so prudish. Right, that they couldn't come up with a better reason to jerk a woman off.
0: Yeah, so they had to do like a medical treatment. So you weren't coming from your husband. You had to go to the doctor, ladies, to get an orgasm. You had to have a prescription to come. Yeah. So um, despite how it sounds like maybe these guys pervertedly enjoyed it, and maybe some of them did... They did not want to do this treatment for women. I'm sure they were disgusted by women and women's pussies. That's my take. Um, So, someone finally created a steam powered electromechanical. (laughs) Yeah, this is steampunk. (laughs) It had the little gears. (laughs) Um, An electromechanical medical instrument nicknamed the manipulator. And this device allowed women to give themselves home massages. (laughs) I mean, there is sort of like medical related porn. Like, because remember when there, I went to buy the um, enema gun? Oh. <laughs> and everyone? it was all like vintage, like speculums and like old school looking medical devices. Hey, listeners, <laughs> here's something
1: we would normally only say on our bonus episodes. Desi owns an enema gun. <laughs> but
0: I never used it. Remember but when I tweeted at him, though? Oh I was like, you God. made me, I was like, you owe me $35. <laughs> But it was funny for us. We got to laugh for five five we, seconds, right? Like,
1: <laughs> Desi at replied the guy that she was going to use the enema gun with because he never paid her back for it, and she said, "Hey, buddy, <laughs> <laughs> you- that was before Venmo." That was yeah. You, okay. you were like you owed me forty dollars for the enema gun, and then all of a sudden she's like, "What am I doing?" And she's like...
0: It's a it. funny thing about the, about the enema gun is that it, we were laughing because it looks like the dispenser they use to put sour cream on tacos at Taco Bell. Yeah, because it was like an old school one. It wasn't right. like an enema. No, and it has like a it has like a handle that you press to squirt. It's literally the sour cream gun at Taco Bell. Look, it was a funny. Uh, it was a funny bit on my part. Uh- <laughs> We were, la- were you you were with me. We were I was laughing our you. ass off when we were doing it. Okay. Look, sometimes you just do things for stories. That's yeah. my that's my story. Um <laughs> the next the next medical treatment we're going to talk about is heroin. Now, heroin was created in the 1880s and was introduced as a safe and non-addictive substitute for morphine. <laughs> Now, Rachel, what we both know that heroin is actually highly addictive. Yes, uh, was in no way a safe alternative to morphine. Um, This was sort of invented and used to treat basically like um, Bear, the company that creates like whatever they use aspirin. aspirin. They would sell heroin laced aspirin. (laughs) I'm Um, sorry,
1: Bear, the company that treats that makes whatever.
0: (laughs) I don't know if they make more than aspirin. (laughs) Do it they just, make more? No, it's funny that you said that. They make whatever. More whatever. You know what I'm talking about. Um, and these aspirin were marketed towards children <laughs> who were suffering from sore throats, coughs, and colds. Are your children annoying pieces of shit? <laughs> yeah. Give them so heroin. the bottles of these aspirin, they had children like painted on the bottles, you know, like those old school labels where there's like a painting almost yes. on it. And the children were like, they were like, reaching out to get the heroin on the spoon. <laughs> like the mom's spooning them a spoonful of heroin. I mean, it's not heroin straight, but like, and the kids are like eagerly like getting that spoonful of heroin. Amazing. I would love to get a print of something like that. Um, so yeah, doc- doctors started having um, suspicions that maybe heroin, heroin was not as non-addictive as they initially had thought, And um, Bear was continuing to market these things, despite all the negative stories that were coming out about heroin side effects. And eventually in 1913, uh, the FDA banned heroin, pretty much made it illegal as well. Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Um, is probably one that we're all familiar with, and that's lobotomies. Were you fascinated by lobotomies as a kid? No, okay, but I know you were. <laughs> I mean, it's a pretty wild because I think I saw it in like One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest or yeah. like some kind of movie where I was just like, that can't be something that people really did because there's like two kinds of lobotomies. There's well, like- there's a more legitimate. One now, right? Or there was at some point? Well, there's
1: like the electroshock. Right. But then isn't there one where they actually like dig into the brain with right. an instrument?
0: And that's what I'm talking about right now. Just the original wanna, lobotomy. I just want to
1: say my favorite uh, lobotomy in, in, in cinema is in Return to Oz.
0: Oh, right.
1: One of my favorite movies. And
0: isn't there one that's kind of similar um, in the Mummy movie? where they're turning him into a mummy even though he's not dead. Did you ever see that movie? No. But they're like they're doing the thing where they they put the ice pick up okay. the nose. Okay, that's actually an ancient
1: Egyptian technique to preserve right the body to mummify it. They would put right. the, they would put like a hook a hook stick
0: and then pull it out. And pull out the brain. Yeah. <laughs> but these lobotomies had a similar technique. Initially, they weren't pulling the brain out, but it was doing the same thing up the cavity. Okay. So the original lobotomy is invented by a man named Walter Freeman, and he thought he had found a way to alleviate the stress and the distress caused by people who were mentally or emotionally ill. That's what he describes it as. Now, this is widely considered one of history's most horrific medical treatments The procedure he developed was known as a prefrontal uh, lobotomy, and it was based on some research done by a Portuguese neurologist. Early versions of this cure involved drilling holes in the top of the patient's skulls, and it later involved um, hammering an ice pick-like instrument through their eye socket to sever the connection between the frontal lobe and the thalamus. Is this back in the era when doctors still weren't washing their hands? (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Now... The reason this severing was considered successful was because you were severing the brain from the part of the brain that dealt with human emotion. Now, according to him, um, they did it on their first live patient in 1936, and that was a woman who suffered from depression and sleeplessness, and supposedly the treatment was a success. But subsequent lobotomies were not a success. As many as 15% of the patients that it was performed on died. And a lot of them had very severe consequences of this uh, treatment, including Rosemary Kennedy, who was one of John F. Kennedy's sisters. She was completely incapacitated and incapacitated, and spent the rest of her life needing full-time care. Now, much like the snake oil salesman, he was a real showman about this procedure. He would go around the country and demonst- demonstrate the miracle cure. All in all, he performed about 3,500 lobotomies and um, yeah, I mean, obviously some of the patients were easier to deal with after this treatment, but I don't know that necessarily was in their best interest. And in 1967, he performed an, a, a lobotomy on one of his original pace, patients in Berkeley, California. And this time, he severed a, blo- a blood vessel in the pa- patient's head, and she died of a brain hemorrhage. And that's what finally ended the practice. So this was mu- the lobotomy came much later than I thought. What year was oh. it invented? Um, well, the first one was 1936, but okay. he had been probably you know, working on it in the thirly, I, I was,
1: 30s. I was wrong. It was just regular electroshock therapy in Return to Oz then.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Because that movie takes place in like 1903 or something. Right. Or like 1890 something.
0: Well, I'm going to get to some electroshock uh, therapy treatment right now, but not probably not the kind you're thinking of. Now, there was... Obviously, along, we you know we have Viagra now, but male impotence has been around for a long time and has been something, obviously, that caused men and women who want to fuck them great stress. <laughs> like, it's not a pleasant situation, I'm sure. Um, Victorians, as we all know, were very repressive, and they thought that um, the reason for this dysfunction was moral weakness, that the impotence was caused by either an excess of sex or masturbation and it's like the dick ran out of steam basically like that was their theory and it was sort of like they need a steam-powered dick (laughs) like that was yeah they need the steam-powered dick with a little like the little what they call choo-choo choo-choo yeah so it wasn't like Yeah. They were basically like, it's your fault. Now there were like medical books released about this disorders of the male sexual organs that basically said masturbation, gonorrhea, sexual excesses, and constant excitement of the genital organs without gratification will lead to impotence. Uh, so obviously we know that that's not a medically sound theory. That is not what happens and that is not why. So doctors did decide to come up with a treatment. One of them is called galvanic baths. And these were bathtubs filled with electrodes, which were supposed to restore like boners in just six se- sessions. Others would take it up a notch and they would actually insert rods with currents running through them no. inside the man's urethra. Oh. No. Yes. I can't help but thinking of, like, Frankenstein, like, where he's like, it's alive. (laughs) Like, the boner. But it's about the penis? Yeah, the boner just, like, instantly gets... (laughs) The boner. That's what I called it when I was a kid (laughs) because I couldn't say boner. No, (laughs) Um, Like, they stick the electrical rod in the penis and it just instantly gets hard. Yeah,
1: and there's, like, that blue electricity.
0: Yeah. And the the pubes turn into the... (laughs) The pubes get white. Yeah. So, I mean, can you imagine... This was a treatment that would last five to eight minutes and you would have to do like a few times a week. Get this electrical. I mean, just the rod up your urethra without the electrical current sounds really painful to me. Now, obviously, a lot of people jumped on this treatment who were not medical, like sincerely medical doctors, even though that's an insane treatment. By the late 1800s, um, people were selling products like electropathic belts um, that were marketed towards, in quotes, weak men. That was like the euphemism for people who had impotence. They were weak men. Uh, they would claim to help other things as well, like kidney pain, sciatic nerves, back aches, et cetera. But the underlying thing was like, you know, we'll get that boner happening right. again. They always try to make it seem like it has other legit um, things. Now, yeah, I mean, obviously we know electric shock therapy is used for other things, Um and this belief that it helps for that is still like something people buy. Wait, but it's, the
1: electroshock helps for boners? Yeah,
0: yeah. People they think, still
1: think that, that that's true for boners? They think it
0: helps cure erectile dysfunction, but I don't think it's a commonly used um, treatment. Um, but yeah, that's something they still kind of do. Um, Where? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> don't know. Now, when we did the X. Ex- the um, episode on diets. Did you talk about tapeworm diets? No. Okay. This diet has never made sense to me. Um, I mean, for multiple reasons. (laughs) Clearly, it's like an insane thing. to. But but anyway, in Victorian times, Victorians are really killing it in this segment, in this uh, section. They're pretty fucked up. They're really fucked up. Um, So this was like a weight loss solution. It was a radical idea. Obviously, at some point, at some point, a person will consume a tapeworm egg. And then when the parasite hatches, you have a living tapeworm living inside of your intestines. It will ingest everything that you eat. So supposedly, it allows a person to lose weight while decreasing the amount of calories they take in. Um, first of all, I'm obsessed with tapeworms and find them disgusting. Desi, n- like every time I hear the word tapeworm, I retch. It's... A repulsive bi- creature, <laughs> just the look of it. I have oh, like, oof. yeah, okay. But here's my thing with this diet if you get a really fat tapeworm inside of you, aren't you gonna have the same weight? What? Like your tapeworm is inside your body eating all your food. If it gets fatter and bigger, aren't you gonna gain weight still? No, because it's eating all the nutrients. So you're not getting the calories? But isn't the tapeworm getting fatter inside of you and growing? So you're saying that your stomach
1: will expand because you have a big tapeworm in you?
0: Yeah, because ta- the tapeworms can grow really yeah. long.
1: I know they grow really
0: long That's because people whole shit thing. them out. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, yes, you might lose fat, but you're gaining weight of the tapeworm eating all your food and getting fat and long. <laughs> Look, the, Look, it's not my choice of diet. That's what I'm saying. Nobody <laughs> thought the
1: tapeworm through. First of all, <laughs> no amount of weight lost is fucking worth swallowing an egg that hatches into a worm in your stomach. is N- not worth it.
0: Right. It's disgusting. It is
1: fucking foul. And just the fact that there's like a parasite inside you taking all your nutrients. And willingly.
0: Will- like I'm, f- I'm freaked out accidentally getting one. Oh my God. Yeah,
1: I'm so scared of it. I know someone who accidentally had one and the stories I've heard about it.
0: I can't listen. I've heard them. Do not send us tapeworm stories. Do not. Send, <laughs> I, no, I'm just... we will not open them. We will delete them and put them into a cursed file.
1: <laughs> it's so disgusting.
0: Yeah. Okay. And that's my medical stories. I might have more next week um, to talk about, but that's that for today. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. What do we got, Desi? Well, these are, the first few I'm going to read are very short. It's basically people confirming your story about being pounced or shoved. I was shoved. By a ghost. Did I tell you that story? Well, you told it on the show.
1: I told it on the show a long time ago. Isn't was that it on a bonus?
0: The- No, I thought that's why people were sending us emails.
1: I said I was pushed, but I didn't say why I was pushed. I didn't tell you the backstory of the ghost. Do you want to tell us? I'll tell you very briefly about this ghost. Okay, tell us briefly. This ghost lived in my friend Stephanie's house in Marin County, and we used to party there. We would have these big ragers there all the time in high school. It was a great party house. But a ghost lived there, and it was this woman ghost, and she was one of those like you know white white ghosts with the white robes and the, like, long white hair. It was like a white ghost. Okay. Um. And she loved all the men who lived in the house, and the men who lived in that house was my friend Stephanie's stepfather and her stepbrother, who I was dating at the time. And I was sleeping in his bed one night, and that ghost got jealous and pushed me. Oh. And that's what they said it was, because I was like, I got pushed in the middle of the night, and they're like, oh, that was the ghost. Cool. Because I woke up and I was like, dude, I turned to the guy I was in bed with. I was like, did you just push me? And he was dead fucking asleep because we were both wasted. Right. Um, But I woke up like in a completely sober state, like all the hairs on my fucking, like I was like stunned, sober, awake at that okay. point. And the ghost pushed me. And in the the next morning we're all sitting around smoking cigarettes and everyone confirmed to me, that's the ghost. We've seen her before. She doesn't like any women in the house, but she loves the men in the house.
0: Ooh. Now, so these stories I found were similar to yours. One is from Nicole and she said that she doesn't really believe in ghosts. Um, but in, She's absolutely sure that a ghost grabbed her ass. She said she was lying in bed with her partner on side with her butt facing away from him. And she felt a strong, firm grip on her ass. She yelled at her dude because um, she thought it was him and it caught her off guard. And he was like, what the fuck, dummy? That's her words. I'm not calling her that. I can't even reach it from where I'm at how he was lying, which was in fact true. So my ass was 100% grabbed by a ghost. That's like kissed by a rose, but grabbed by a ghost. <laughs> grabbed by a ghost. Uh, I was lying on the bed. <laughs> I don't know. The, I don't know that song. Um, the next one is from Cheryl. She said that she was working in a bookstore that had a very active ghost. And once he came up behind her, whispered hello in her ear, Ooh. she felt the nape of her neck like the hairs like pop up on the nape of her neck. She laughed and turned to speak for whoever it was, thinking that it was like someone just being like, hello, like trying to creep her out. Yeah. And no one was there. No one was around. A library ghost. Yeah. Okay. This is from a person who I'm going to keep anonymous. Um, She had a friend who had died and he was someone who always like loved her butt and made cute random comments about it. But never overstepped. Like it was just like a funny joke amongst them. She said that since he's died, there's been three different times she was awakened to someone slapping her ass. <laughs> she says, I live alone and I know how weird and scary it is. But when I woke up and realized what happened, I honestly laughed because I felt oddly at peace that it was him. Aww. Like So that's kind of a sweet one. And she said something inside me knows it's my friend just trying to be funny and letting me know that it's okay. She said she loves us and she also said that the Torkelsons reference made her almost crash her har, Yay. car and she said real ones no.
1: I love <laughs> I love the Torkelsons.
0: Um, and this one is from Bobby Joe. She said that she was when she was 8 or so that she was watching the movie Carrie. Bobby Joe. I love them. I love an eight-year-old watching the movie. Carrie. I I was that too. I was
1: the eight-year-old watching Carrie.
0: Um, She said that it was at a friend's house and when it was time to go home, she ran across the street to her house. Her mom um, has the house really warm and she called um, up from the bathroom like it's bath time. And she said, the next thing I know, was shoved from behind and felt something pull her at the waist. There was no one in the living room. I was alone. And that she almost like peed herself and ran up to the bath really quickly to be with her mom. So she had this moment before she went to the bath. That's really scary. I actually, yeah. like the one time I remember being really scared by that was a similar thing when I, I was in the bathroom alone at my grandmother's. And it was like, uh, I didn't, nothing happened, but I felt like an extreme fear come over me. And I ran out of the bathroom But it was like nothing had happened. It was just like this intense fear. Did you ever have that when you were a kid? Of course. I am going to do a shit shit pants story just because this one is definitely like yours – out of the norm and it's really funny so this is from uh, a listener named Malia this story is not about her it is about her grandmother Jenny she said that years ago she was driving her grandmother and her sister to Key West for her parents 25th anniversary Um, her grandmother lived in Fort Lauderdale so it wasn't a long drive but it felt like it they were both chain smokers so that was fun because it was June and the windows were up with the AC running we were on Islamorada when my grandmother farted and screamed out oh Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I panicked and almost drove the, off the road while her sister was in the back yelling. What is it, Jenny? My grandmother told me to pull over right now. <laughs> Not knowing what the trouble was, I pulled off the road and onto a residential street that ran parallel to the main road. My grandmother looks at me and says, why don't you pull into a gas station? I think I just shit myself. <laughs> I seriously just did what she told me and pulled over. I told her I could drive a little further and find a gas station or at least a store with a restroom. She said it wasn't necessary at this point, hopped out of the car and asked me to go look for a pair of underwear and pants for her in her suitcase. She then proceeded to take off her pants and underwear right there on the side of the road <laughs> before oh I even gosh. got out to look in her suitcase. The whole time, her sister is in the backseat yelling, what are you doing? <laughs> you can't get undressed on the side. Side of the road. She did, in fact, shit her pants and she cleaned herself up, threw her soiled clothes in someone's garbage can. <laughs> I will admit to being slightly horrified by that. I found replacement clothes for her and she got dressed and said, let's go now. We're going to be late and lit up a cigarette. (laughs) I don't get to go to the Keys very often as much as I used to, but that memory comes flooding back to me whenever I pass that location. My grandmother was many things, but easily embarrassed was not one of them. She did not give a shit what anyone thought of her, and I try to be like that as well. So... I thought that was a pretty funny story. That was amazing. <laughs> Jenny was just, I like, I, the fantasy is to always to reach that age where you're like, I don't fucking care anymore. Like, I'm 89 years old, like, yeah. whatever, like, and to still be, like, with it and kind of, like, whatever. So, yeah, I thought that was a shit story worth sharing um, because we have Grandma Jenny, who seems awesome. I love Grandma Jenny. I love the the image of these two old ladies, like, smoking in the car with the windows rolled up. <laughs> iconic such a retro um moment so those are the ghost stories i got all the medical stuff i'm still watching ray donovan i am ray donovan (laughs) i've come to realize and i just watched boardwalk empire and i i'm noticing a theme because i'm always relating to these people and i kind of relate to tony soprano and it finally like hit me last night i was talking to a friend of mine about like I think Nucky from Boardwalk Empire that Steve Buscemi plays. And then I was like, yeah, and Ray Donovan. I was like, he has a similar thing. And I was like, I have that thing too. And that's probably why I relate to these assholes because it's like I feel like the person who has to um, take care of everything. Where you're just like, oh, fine, Like I'll it's do like it. I'm surrounded by, not, I'm not surrounded by people, but in my life I've been like, I have to deal with it. No one else is going to do this. And that's kind of like, I'm not a criminal, like Ray Donovan was on the border of that and and Nookie from Boardwalk Emperor is definitely a criminal. Um, So I don't do anything criminal, but it's like, I have to do it. And like, I'm like the competent one who always, everything falls to me because everyone else is flailing around or something. Specifically within your family, probably growing up. In my family growing up, yes. So it's like, yeah, so watching Ray with his family and they're all just kind of helpless do you know what I mean? Like, he has to, he has no choice but to, like, step up he's always, and deal with it. He's always bailing everyone out. And then they are resentful of you for doing that. But it's like the reason he started doing that was because he had no choice. Like, right. And now they're sort of resentful. So I feel like that's probably why I'm relating to the show so much. Um, it's a really good show. Um, The other thing I wanted to recommend is a podcast. Uh, Did you start listening to this podcast called The Plot Thickens? No. I think you'll like it because it's um, all Peter Bogdanovich. It's a a podcast that's put out by Turner Classic Movies. And it's just like going through it all. Like the whole story that we kind of touched upon in um, the Dorothy Stratton podcast. I'm um, sorry. Episode. So yeah, it's going through like his early days, his relationship with Sybil Shepherd, his relationship with Orson Welles. So if you like old Hollywood stuff, um, check that out. It's definitely more um, straightforward. It's not like a comedic podcast, but I like it. Cool. Did you have recommendations?
1: Um, yeah. Uh, still sad that I finished Ray Donovan because oh. I mean, it got the show got canceled. It's so After good. the end of the seventh, seventh season, like just recently, like the last episode of the series was in like February of this year.
0: I, I saw that they might do like a movie to close everything they, up. They have to yeah. because it
1: ended on a fucking cliffhanger.
0: Right. I did read an article where Liev Schreiber was saying they might do like a two hour movie to like close it all the loose ends. Well, exact- I don't know, like, what happened, but I'm just yeah. saying, yeah.
1: He said, he was like, I spent the last, like, seven years of my life with this character. I care about this character. Like, I want to finish his
0: story. Right. So, I agree. I would love more Ray Donovan in my life. It's kind of what they did with Deadwood. That show got canceled as well. And oh. then they did a two-hour movie last year, I think it came out. Oh. So, it's a similar storyline. I mean, as far as how they're going to deal with it, maybe... Um, okay. I mean, I watched. I watched like some
1: horror movies. I that have been on my list for a while that I still hadn't seen. Like last night, I watched Lake Mungo. I really liked it. It's a found footage. It's in the found footage genre, uh, subgenre, but it's more of like a documentary style. It's like a faux a faux documentary, and uh-huh. it's really creepy. I recommend it. It's an Australian movie, and it's on Amazon Prime. I also watched Hell House LLC, which is a found footage horror movie, and that one's really creepy and really well done, so I recommend those if you're into that. And, um, yeah, that's, that's really all I have to uh, recommend this week.
0: Now... Food. I wanted to bring up something that was making me laugh when I left here the other day uh, that I don't think I can remember the last time I had spent, because we split it, $40 at Panda Express. (laughs) Dude. (laughs) laughing i was like we could have gone to like a good restaurant for what we spent at panda express dude i don't know i have no idea how the bill ended up being that
1: much but when 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 it arrived and like it showed my total i was fucking
0: floored i was laughing because i didn't think twice about it when i like paid you but i was like on the way home i was like i was like have i ever dude. Like, i can't remember even for like buying it for multiple people spending that much money like it was i, how, I was like we could have gone to la republic and gotten like food there. Like it was so we hilarious. I feel like we could have ordered Mr. Chow. Yeah, I, I just feel like that price is like like what I've spent at Mo- Mozza with you or something. Oh my like God. if I didn't drink or something. Like no. it was hilarious to me because it was like only we would spend such an outrageous sum of <laughs> money at, at fucking Panda Express. And in my head, I'm like, no one has ever spent more <laughs> a single <laughs> meal from Panda Express. Dude, it was like I mean it was a lot of food because we got like these huge. Quartz or whatever of it Yeah And I ate it the next day Obviously Yeah But it was really good Like I When I ate the um First of all, I ate it and then I ate it more when I got home. That's how big they were. And then I had it for lunch the yeah, next day. Yeah, same. I did the same and thing. And I was like, this, I want to buy the noodles that they make their chow mein with. They're the best noodles. Like, They're, I want those fucking noodles. That the ch- specific. The chow mein noodle.
1: at Panda Express is so good. And look, I've had really fucking high quality Me too. Chinese food before. I grew up in San Francisco. I know good Chinese food.
0: Yeah. The noodles <laughs> at Panda Express are fucking great. No. There, I was thinking that too. I was like, these are one of my favorite Chinese dishes, (laughs) (laughs) like specifically that chow mein. Yes, no, I'm not. I like the sweet fire chicken, but I wouldn't even put that. I like it, but it's not, it wouldn't go in my top 10. No, those chow mein noodles might be something where I'm like, I could always eat those, me too. And I love them, like, I love them. My
1: favorite Panda Express, of course, is at the Morongo Resort and Casino,
0: right. That was the first time I had Panda Express. Was was that Morongo? No, I was at a casino. Oh, my God. And I I was there for multiple days because I was with someone who was on a gig. Yeah. And I didn't want to spend like $100 at every meal because there was like nice restaurants, obviously. And there was like a food court. And I didn't really want like McDonald's every day. So I was like, I'll do Panda Express. I ate Panda Express like... (laughs) Two times a day at least. Like, that was my go-to. I was like, should we go there? Should we go there? I was like, honestly, I'll just get Panda Express. Yeah. And so I was like, this is like the best fast food. It's the best fast food besides Del good. Taco. Besides I mean, there's still other goods fast too, but I was like, I love Panda Express. I do too. I mean, to be honest, I don't really love everything there. There's no. like a few things I fucking love though. And the chow mein is literally one of my favorite Chinese related dishes. I don't even know if it's authentic at all to call it Chinese food,
1: but you know what? It's Chinese American fast
0: food Yeah, and they do a good job at what it is. And I like it as much as the most fancy soup dumplings I've had. Like I like it. It's like up there for me. I love that chow mein. Um, The other thing I wanted to mention is that I got, I have a really good pizza place in my neighborhood. It is owned by Moza. It's called triple beam pizza And it made me... I got a pizza the other day that was fennel and sausage Mm. and it actually had like the fennel fronds on top, like the the dill looking whatever stuff. And I fucking love fennel. Fennel is like, to me, one of the most underrated vegetables. (laughs) Like I think fennel is so fucking good. You roast it, you put it on things. I fucking love fennel.
1: I have an underrated vegetable story for this week. So if you follow me on Instagram at childlike empress that's my instagram <laughs> handle i realize like maybe people can't find me on instagram because it's a never ending story reference it's not right. my it's not my name yeah uh anyway i posted a picture of something i made this week which was uh jean georges 27 oh, yeah. vegetable salad i did not use 27 vegetables but i did use like i don't know seven vegetables for this salad and basically i blanched uh like radishes which is my underrated vegetable is radishes. I love radishes. Radishes raw? Yeah, you can have them raw. Right. That's fine. But a roasted radish or a blanched radish, it's underrated. Ooh. Try cooking your radishes. Try roasting your radishes alongside your roast chicken. Okay. It adds something. Rat cooked radishes are fucking good. Yeah. So, but I blanched all these vegetables which basically just if you don't know what that kind is. Of- It's boiling them for literally 30 seconds and then dunking them in ice water so that they retain the color and the crispness. So I did like uh, rainbow carrots, radishes. I did those Easter egg radishes that are like small and different colors. Yeah, And then I did broccolini and green beans. And then I sauteed shiitake mushrooms with butter, and cayenne pepper. Mm. Instead of regular pepper, I use cayenne pepper. It adds a whole other fucking level to it. It's so good. And then everything gets tossed in chive oil.
0: Like I made chive oil
1: with fresh chives and just like a canola oil, and it was really fucking good. Yeah, that sounds good. It was
0: a great salad. I like Salads with good vegetables, like unusual vegetables
1: in them. No, this was a good one, and I'm going to make it again this week because it was so satisfying. And like, you can just use whatever. I just went with like spring produce. Right.
0: You know, like like seasonal. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: that was exciting because I know like the past few weeks I've been complaining that like I haven't had like produce in my house and it's miserable. So I did that. And obviously, I really enjoyed our. Pig Out Fest.
0: The Panda Express. The Panda Express
1: Express Pig Out Fest. Well, the
0: funny thing about the whole deal is I said to Rachel, I was like, let's get something good and let's get drinks for me and Brendan. And we're like, I was like, oh, we're going to go somewhere really cool and good. (laughs) (laughs) First, she's like, what about Del Taco? And then we're like, what about Panda Express? And then we just like landed on Panda Express. We were going to do something fancy for some reason. I think because I was going to go to Bone Cattle. We were, okay. And then I couldn't because... It just was like, I couldn't get to it in time. Well, we're going to go to Bone Kettle. Our plan, we've been, Desi and I, hey, Eric. (laughs) We've been planning to go to Bone Kettle to get food before the show for like the past month. What happened was, I think we were initially thinking on Sundays and then we were recording Mondays and they're not open Mondays. I know. So it hasn't worked out. And then I was going to do Thursday, but I was just like... Too, or this week, and I was just too, I got too busy. Like, every time
1: every time that fried rice comes up on my timeline dude on Instagram. With the shrimp, I've been I, dying for shrimp, too. I
0: know. Like, it looks so good in everything. And then they have cocktails to go, too. So I can I get cocktails. I know. Okay.
1: So we have to, because Desi lives closer to them, and they're so So I have away. to pick it up.
0: Before I drive over, yes. So that's the other thing at home. Like, what will keep for like twenty minute drive? Rice, do you know what noodles. I, mean? I think the, broth. Fu- the the broth thing because everything's probably separate. Yeah, and then you they, assemble it. Yes, and then the rice will be fine. And p- pick up some ube cookies too. Okay, so that's okay. what I want. We're gonna go Sunday. sometime next week if I get if my ha- episode. If are ready. ready on Sunday, otherwise, yeah. So yeah, we'll we'll have to do it. We'll figure it out. I know. But that so that was our initial plan, and then we went to Panda Express. Absolutely, bone kettle should not be insulted. <laughs> <laughs> we did not pick Panda Express over you. <laughs> we only did it because we didn't have the time to pick you up. And believe me, and it I was, was a poor substitute for be- bone kettle. And believe
1: me, there's one person in this house who was fucking outraged <laughs> because I've been hyping up bone kettle at my house all week. Right to Brendan, okay. I'm like, you don't understand. We yeah. gotta get. I this. want the frito. I know. I was going to order that for him. The Florida looks so good. Yeah. Okay. And when he found out, when Brendan found out that we had ordered Panda Express, you weren't at the house yet. Oh. But you should have seen his reaction. He went,
0: oh, what the fuck? (laughs) He got so (laughs) upset. (laughs)
1: <laughs> ah. okay, we're gonna phone cattle
0: soon yeah and we'll uh tell you all about it um so yeah that was how that was what happened yeah fascinating story i'm really sure. fascinating so if you're in pasadena area though go to bone cattle i know order it for us tell Please. us what you get Please. those emails we will read <laughs> 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 no tapeworms um so yeah that's that yep that's Anything it else? okay okay bye, bye.